0: That's good. All right. We like to. The grade six are leaving, or that group is leaving us. It's okay. We're all, all the rest of us are staying. <laughs> We'd like to welcome you here this morning. If you came, come regularly, irregularly, we welcome you. If you come the first time, also. My name is Nigel. Uh, if, you, if we haven't met, come and introduce yourself, and I'll try and remember your name. That's good. All right. Um, on, if you have a brochure, It tells you in the announcements. Important one is, next week, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, As usual, next week, we're going to have the communion laws table, 930, downstairs, as usual. about 10 o'clock, we won't have classes. 10 o'clock, we're going to have baptism. We're going to be in this room, everybody, for baptism. We believe here in Believers, baptism, you believe in Jesus, and Jesus asked people to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and that's significant. We share that, and people who want to wish to be baptized, we offer that. Baptized in water, we dunk you. Baptism means to dip. Right, We put people in the water, in the death of Christ, resurrection of Christ. So we're going to do that next Sunday. If you've never seen one, come. We'll have it right over here. Uh, so far, we know of four people who wish to be baptized next week. It, there's still room. So if you're considering this, you want to talk about it, find one of the elders, one of the ministering brothers. We can talk about it. And if you want to go ahead, we will do that next week. So we got four There's still room for more. So 10 o'clock next week. Then 11 we'll have the regular meeting. So everybody's clear about that. All right. Lord, we thank you you for everybody you brought here today. Lord, we're coming seeking you. We want to encounter God. We want to have God in our life. God real to us, living in us. Lord, we could interact with you because you want to interact with us. So we pray, bless us all this morning as we come together. Inspire us, motivate us toward you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We've been going through a series on in genesis how different god encountered different people encountered god adam Ab- you know adam noah we got to abram isaac jacob okay we've been in jacob for a while we're going to finish up jacob today next week we'll go on to joseph okay and these are biographies and they're detailed especially about jacob and joseph Uh, We don't have time to read all the verses. We encourage you to read them yourself. We're around chapter 32 of Genesis, and we're going to pick particular sections. And we have groups during the week in different neighborhoods, different days, And they're also getting into this. If you want to get into it more, that's a good opportunity. Okay, so we're in with Jacob. Our series is called A Great Cloud of Witnesses from the Old Testament. They're testifying. They encountered God, experienced God, what God did in their lives. And it shows us by way of story, narrative, what God can do in our life. We're up to Jacob. Okay, and this is... Uh, we're on message number 19 in this series. Jacob, our title today is Jacob grapples with God. Grapple is to struggle, to wrestle, to be engaged physica- in his case physically. He struggled, wrestled, grappled with God. And we'll, we'll read those verses. So it's interesting uh, and we apply that in a certain sense to us. Okay, this is the life of Jacob. Actually, by now in the story, you may not realize it, Jacob is getting to be about 100 years old. He's not a young spring chicken. He's getting to be... He's a senior. <laughs> you know, I identify with uh, Jacob. Jacob was a twin. I'm a twin. <laughs> you know, he, Jacob had a twin brother, Esau. I have a twin brother. And I, Jacob was second. I was second. <laughs> that's good because, you know, Jacob gets more of the story. So he's good to be. Okay, that's me. Uh, you know, anyway, we'll get to that later. I think this is, you know, anyway. <laughs> I think that's good. All right. Uh, Jacob experienced God. I experienced God. Right? If you're a Christian, you've had at least one experience with God. And we should have more. So Jacob grapples with God. Okay, uh, you know, Jacob has grown up. We'll get into that in more detail. He left home. Uh, as he left home, he had an experience with God. He had an encounter with God at the place called Bethel. He named it Bethel, the house of God. He said, God is here. God spoke to me he had an encounter with God you know that was significant a landmark in his life Bethel that's where he met God even on his you know at his old age his almost his last words he recalled you know he remembered back then, God, I, God, I met God of Bethel. This is the God who from that time has been real in my life. You know, think about it. So he's thinking back 50 years, 60 years. You know, I, that encounter with God was significant. Okay, and, and we, you know... That's what God wants for us. That's what we should desire of God. We should desire, Lord, I want landmark encounters with you that I'll I'll recall my whole life. You know, it's not just, you know, God, realizing God is out there praying to, to God. No, it's having encounters with God that are significant, that affect your life, my life. That's what we're, we're talking about here. Okay, Jacob had that encounter. He continued on his way, and actually, he was away from home for 20 years. He got married. He had children, a lot of children, 11, 12 children. He got a lot of stuff. He accumulated a lot of things. And now he's coming back home 20 years later. And, you know, here after 20, you know, that 20 years, yes, a lot of things happened. He married. He had kids. Uh, the, you know, there were struggles, family struggles, struggles with his uncle, struggles with his, you know, make surviving, uh, struggle in his extended family. So he went through a lot of things. Yes, God was there. But he didn't pray that much. He didn't have that much going on. But now 20 years later, he's on his way back. And because of what, things that happened before he left, he has issues that need to be resolved with his brother and with his father. Uh, you know, so he's coming back. And again, on the way back, after 20 years, he again encounters God. God. Right? 20 years later, he encounters God again. So, you know, maybe that's true with some of us. When you think back in your life, maybe, you know, if somebody asks you, do you, you know, do you have anything that happen between you and God? Yes. You know, I remember years ago, I was in Sunday school, children's meeting, something happened. You know, I was in youth group. I was in a summer youth camp. I was in a retreat you know, something happened. I prayed desperately, desperate situation, something happened. God answered, You have some event in your life. But let me ask you, how long ago was that? Has that kind of disappeared in the rear view mirror? Is it kind of receding in the mists of time? Well, what God wants for us is not just we have one. Encounter years ago, we can recall God once repeated us to have repeated encounters with us us and with Him between us and Him in our life. You know, when I think about my life, there are definite times I experience God. You know, when I was, you know, 1960 and this in the mid 60s in 1970, you know, I know for some of you that you say that's prehistoric. That was when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. It's, but there were definite experiences with God. You know, I grew up in England. I grew up in a Christian family. My, my parents took me to children's meetings, Sunday school, and I, there I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ when I was 10 years old. It's good to be 10. You know, when you get older, you have more questions. What about what if somebody said, well, I heard this on the radio, TV, internet, when you're 10 years old, especially back in England, there was no internet. We had no TV I didn't you're 10 years old you're pretty simple the preacher said you're a sinner inside my heart said that's right you're a sinner the preacher said you need to be saved forgiven go home kneel down by your bed make a prayer to Jesus I went home we rode the bus we didn't have a car We rode the bus. I went home. The preacher said, go to your bedroom. I went to my bedroom. He said, kneel down. I knelt down. That's nice to be 10 years old. (laughs) Right? He said, pray. Tell the Lord, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Thank you. You died for my sin on the cross. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my savior. Amen. I prayed that. Praise the Lord, <laughs> right? That was an encounter with God, amen, right? The preacher said, do it, I did it, it happened, I received Jesus, he asked me after that, where's Jesus? He's in my heart. You say, where's your heart? <laughs> Somewhere there, anyway, not my, f- anyway, Jesus came into me, I received Jesus into my life, right? Right? Since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy, oh my soul, like the sea mills roll, since Jesus came into my heart. Woo. All right, right? Okay, but that was the beginning, that was not the end. That was the initial experience, you know. And he went on, and God gave me experiences. I remember in England, riding, you know, in the morning, I get up, and I was a teenager, and I delivered newspapers. I got about one dollar a week, <laughs> but I did it, you know. But during the time, you know, early in the morning, I'd ride my bikes to go deliver newspapers. This house, that house, the other house, right you know that was and but during that time i experienced jesus riding my bike delivering newspapers in my heart i really felt a warmth a feeling towards the god toward the lord Woo! god was real right that was in 19 in the mid 1960s you know i remember sorry it's okay, we got time. Let's tell a story. <laughs> you know, I delivered the newspaper, 1962. I remember the newspaper said John F Kennedy is assassinated. I delivered what? 63. 63. Oh, thank you. Sorry. 63. I delivered the newspaper every pay, every newspaper, the biggest possible type. John F Kennedy assassinated. Right, I remember delivering that newspaper. That's sorry, that's history, you know. Uh, but there were experiences of God in there. I, you know, I grew up. I went to university, went to college. Then I came to, went to the USA. You know, that was a new experience. That's good. Change your place. Go to a new place. Some of us, Jacob, had to do that. I did that. That's a good opportunity. You're in a new place. You don't know many people. You don't have many friends. Good time for you and I to experience God. I experienced God. After I was in Chicago for one year, I prayed because I felt my spiritual life was going down. I prayed, God, do something in my life. That's a simple prayer, but I meant it. God, do something in my life. Then I got a bus ticket on the Greyhound, travel anywhere in the North America for 3 weeks. I went from Chicago to Minneapolis to Winnipeg to Calgary to Vancouver to Victoria to Seattle. All on the Greyhound bus. All on the same ticket, $99. Good deal, student fare. You should apply for it. <laughs> right okay god answered my prayer through a number of weeks later i was sat on the greyhound bus going from seattle down to san francisco on highway one it follows the pacific ocean it's the scenic route i was traveling on the bus a young guy came and sat next to me after after a while he said are you a christian i said yeah i'm a christian hallelujah I said, thank you. (laughs) The Lord Jesus sent him. You know, I was going to, to San Francisco... God sent him, put him in my path. You know, he said, he was excited. You're a Christian, I'm a Christian. He began to talk about Jesus. And he said, when I'm in San Francisco, this is where I go. He gave me the address. A few stops later, he got off the bus. I arrive in San Francisco Saturday night, Sunday morning. What should I do? It's Sunday, right? right? The only place I know is the address he gave me. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) <laughs> I went to that place right I really felt that was God's answer to my prayer that was a significant event in my life right As an encounter with God it's the case that you know I prayed God do something in my life God sent somebody bring me in contact you know that's that was God's leading God's intervention in my life there are other times in my life you know We should have, what's my point? My point is, we should all have encounters with God at different points in our life where we can say, you know, God did something. There's a transaction. God did something in my life, affected me, affected the course of my life. It happened to Jacob. It happened to me. It can happen to you. Jesus is real. God is real. That's why we're here this morning. All right, so... It's good, right? Let's look at Jacob, all right, in his... uh, Okay, first Jacob met God. Okay, I think we have a verse. Yeah, Jacob went... So Jacob's on his way home. Jacob went on his way. The angels of God met him. And then when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. And he called the place, name of the place, Mahanim. He met some angels. But listen... Meeting angels is not the same as meeting God. Encountering angels is not the same as encountering God. Angels, meeting angels did not change Jacob's life. Meeting God changed his life. So let's continue. Jacob meets God, right? That same night, remember Aidan shared, he's going to meet his brother the next day. That same night, Jacob arose, took his two wives. This was a busy night. Think about it. This night, Jacob did not sleep because Jacob's an activist. Jacob does things. Jacob, Jacob has strategies. Jacob thinks about things. He's a motivated, goal-oriented person. And that's not necessarily bad. Listen, it's a busy night. The same night he rose, took his two wives, two female servants, 11 children. He crossed the fort. He crossed the river at night and took all his stuff he took them and sent them across the stream and everything else he had you think about a busy night jacob has hundreds of sheep hundreds of goats dozens of camels cattle he gets them all across the river that's quite the job right and all he had and jacob was left alone everything he his family his his wife his kids they're all across his all his wealth was across, possessions were across the river, and Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him. It just says a man. Who's the man? A man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. A man came and wrestled with Jacob. Grappling, wrestling. And he, this wrestling was not short. He wrestled until the dawn, until the day was coming. The sun was rising. Right? By the end, Jacob is convinced this man is God. The one who came to wrestle with me is not just a mere man, some man. Actually, I'm wrestling, I wrestle with God. That's his realization. And Jacob's left alone. man wrestled with him until the breaking of day when the man saw that he could not prevail against Jacob. It was a tie. Think about it. This wrestling match... Went on and on. There's no winner. It, they're evenly matched. The man is trying to, you know, trying to get Jacob to yield, to tap out, to give in. Jacob's not. Jacob's trying to defeat the man. The man's not giving up. Jacob's not giving up. The wrestling continues all night. <laughs> and the, okay, when the man saw that he did not prevail, Against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. That man is actually God. The man touched, dislocated. You say that's cheating in wrestling. Yeah. He dislocated Jacob's thigh. He touched the hip of Jacob's socket. Jacob's hip was pulled out of joint as he wrestled with him. God wrestled, struggled, strove with Jacob all night. Eventually, God touched him, dislocated his hip, right? Then continue. And he said, the man said, let me go, for the day is, bro- is broken, it's day. Jacob said, I will not let you go. <laughs> Even I'm dislocated. I'm not, giving, I'm, I'm not letting you go unless you bless me. Because he realized there's not just a man, there's something more going on. And he, he said to him, the man said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. My name's Jacob. And that's right, your name's Jacob. Then he said, the man said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. I'm changing your name. Yes, up till now, your name has been Jacob. Now your name is. Is going to be different. You are called Israel. New name. For you have striven, struggled, wrestled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why do you ask my name? And he blessed him. Right? A little bit more. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, God's face saying, I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him, Jacob, as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. His hip had been dislocated, right? So he walked with a limp. Jacob was changed. Jacob had another encounter with God that changed his life and changed his name. Right? And that's significant. You know, with Jacob, yes, it's very physical. With us, it's not necessarily that physical, but we can encounter God and we should be changed. Right? Jacob was changed from Jacob to Israel. Right? And that's significant. You know, Jacob was he was a certain kind of person from his inside his mother pre birth. He was already struggling. I don't know if we have that picture. Do we have that picture of babies? Okay. There's some picture, uh, some baby, this quick. Some some twins were born earlier this year. You may have seen it on the news. That was unique. Twin girls were born. They were born, it must be C-section. They were born holding hands. They were born holding hands. Look. See the twins, newborn twins. They were born holding hands. Girls, twin girls, right? That's really cute. So even before they're born, they're holding their hands. Their mom said, for sure, these girls will be the best of friends. <laughs> right? I mean, what would you say? Look, my, my girls were holding hands before they were born. Don't you think they're going to be friends? <laughs> they hold hands before, they'll hold hands after. They're good buddies. Well, that's girls. Girls do that. (laughs) That's a girl thing. (laughs) Jacob was a guy. (laughs) Before before Jacob was born, he was not holding hands. He was holding his brother's heel. (laughs) And when Esau wanted out, Jacob wanted out first. They were not cooperating, he was struggling that's what the Bible said his mom, you know, there's something going on inside me no x-ray, no ultrasound, she asked God God told her, two people are inside you and they're struggling that's what's going on, there's a wrestling going on, struggling inside you right, they struggle before they're born and Jacob was probably the biggest struggler, striver wrestler Right? So look, you know, when, after Jacob was born, for sure he struggled. He's that kind of person. Don't blame the environment. He didn't get that from school. He didn't get that from the home environment. He was before he's born. He's already struggling, striving. Right? He's a high achiever, motivated, goal-oriented, motivated, activist person. That's Jacob. And that's not necessarily bad. God made it that him that way. Don't ask Jacob to be passive. Don't ask Jacob to do nothing. He's a motivated person. However, you know, there's a good side, a bad side. When he struggles and goes beyond what's ethical, accepted, that's bad. So Jacob meant deceiver. So he was called Jacob because he came out holding his brother's heel. And that was, people interpreted that. He's a deceiver. He's a cheater. And true to life, true to that, when he grew up, he cheated his brother out of, right? He got his brother to give up the birthright and for sure cheated his brother Esau out of the blessing. Read the story in Genesis. He, he's a deceiver. He's motivated, but... He, there's a deceiving side of that. There's a side that's okay. There's a deceiving side. God wants to change Jacob. Right? Ch- and change you and I. Okay. He wrestles inside his mom. His, right? He wrestled with his brother. Went away to his uncle. There were struggles there. Now he came back. Now he wrestles with God. Why? Because he's that kind of person. God came to wrestle with him. Okay. You know, back and forth, back and forth. This match went. Eventually, God touched him. And this is, there's a significant interchange here. God said to him, the man who's actually God said to him, what's your name? What's your name? He answered, Jacob. Jacob. That's significant. The last time, and this is connected to the blessing. Think about it. 20 years later, he went to his father, Isaac. His father said, what's your name? He said, I am Esau. Liar, <laughs> cheater, deceiver. Later, his brother Esau said, he's rightly called Jacob because he deceived. See, Jacob had that side to him. Now God wrestles with him. After wrestling with him, God says, what's your name? What's your name? Answer, Jacob. I'm a deceiver. I'm a cheater. God said, no, no. From now on, you're not Jacob. You're not a deceiver. You have a new name, Israel. See, this time when Jacob, Jacob has changed. God has worked in him, worked in his life. God is working on him. He changed. What's your name? He doesn't lie. He's straight. My name's Jacob. He's honest. He's frank. He's changed. No. What's the fact? Now you're no longer deceiver, cheater. You're Israel. Israel. The name Israel means strive, struggle with God. Two parts Strive, struggle, grapple, wrestle, however you want to say it. Strive, the other part, God. Israel, El is God. Daniel is related to God. Ezekiel, related to God. Nathaniel is related to God, right? All those names, Old Testament names, they're related to God. Israel means what? Strive, struggle, God. There's a verb, strive. A name, God, noun, God, strife, God, put them together. You got Israel. Strive with God. God changed Jacob. Amen. God wants to change you. <laughs> and God wants to change me. Amen. <laughs> the Bible calls it transformation. Transformation. Be transformed. Be transformed. You know, when we meet Jesus. We become a new creation. If anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. They become new. That's the beginning of your Christian life. However, experientially, different points in our life, God works on us, with us, to change us more. That's called transformation. God wants to change us. The change in Jacob, he's given a new name. Okay? Let me ask you, are you changed Are you being changed? Are you being changed? Are you different now? (laughs) See, ask yourself. You know, 20 years later, Jacob met God at Bethel. 20 years later, he's coming back to Bethel. And Jacob is changed. 20 years have changed Jacob. Have you changed? Ask yourself. Ask yourself. Of course, if you're not twenty, that's hard. (laughs) If you need less than twenty, you don't have twenty years. Okay, ten years. Have you changed? Have you changed? Right? Sometimes people see, oh, I haven't seen you for years. You haven't changed a bit. That's not a compliment. Of course, they mean it. You know, you you don't look that old. (laughs) But let me ask you: Have you changed? When you think about yourself today, when you examine yourself before God, have you changed? Has God changed you? Are you different now than you were in 1994? Are you different now than you were in 2004? You should be different. Amen? Because God is working on us. Amen? Amen. Right? Ten years later... You should be different, not just older, not just more wrinkles, not just more hair, more white hair or less hair. No, you should be different because God changed you. Amen? Amen. Let's get changed by God. Amen. Okay, we're going to stop here. We're going have to the, have the communion, the Lord's table. We're going to sing a little bit, have the table. If you're a believer in Christ, a Christian, okay, we invite you... If you feel so, to partake of the table, the bread and the wine. Thank you.